Hello and welcome to One Hit Podcast. On episode 2 we chatted to Master Gordon Jew from California, United States of America. We chatted all things martial arts and taekwondo. On this episode, episode 3, we speak to Darren Sonic. Darren is a mixed martial arts promoter, a music producer and a mixed martial arts coach. You can now find us on Instagram and Facebook. Just search One Hit Podcast. I am the greatest. Be water, my friend. Okay, welcome to the One Hit Podcast. Today's episode, episode three, we're with Darren Sonic. How are you, Darren? Cal, how are you, man? Thanks for the invite. It's been a pleasure we're waiting a few weeks for you to come in, so finally we got you on board. Don't know how you talk me into it. Darren, I know you a long time through martial arts, through fitness, through everything. Just give the listeners a wee background of how we met and how did martial arts come together for us? Five, six years ago, um, I was running a gym called the Strong Room, TSR Gym. Multifunctional training facility, various different kinds, and uh, we cross paths in there, and we've maintained friendship. Yeah, most of our journey is through the MMA world, the MMA scene. Like the Irish MMA is getting bigger and bigger each year. How have you seen a lot of it over the last 10, 15 plus years, more than I have? How have you seen the Irish explosion for the MMA world coming together? In 2009, I stopped fighting myself. I kind of seen a, a, a pull towards the MMA world where, you know, it was getting televised a lot more and it was, the international events were becoming more, becoming easier to, for viewers to see on, on different channels that we had. It was growing and growing, but the actual grassroots of the game never really took off until 2016. If you kind of think back to 1996 when Art Davey and all these guys had sold the UFC to the current owners and they were trying to get a universal mixed martial arts rule set going. 36 states in America basically ruled out no hold barred uh, fighting. You know, it got very difficult for MMA or the UFC at the time uh, to produce shows in America. They've been fighting that case ever since. And 20 years later, in 2016, we've seen the, the, the new evolution of MMA. And it was pioneered by an organisation that myself and Declan Kenna run, Cage Legacy 2016. We put on our first Cage Legacy show. And, you know, we became pioneers in implementing fighter health and safety. It, on our very first show, we put MRIs as a standard for amateur MMA fighters. We have been pushing that boat ever since, you know. Which is great for our sport. Like you mentioned, Kids Legacy. It's a lot of pushing every day with amateurs, professionals, coaches. Yeah, but you say sport, but unfortunately, there's a, a gang of people behind the scenes who, including myself, who are pushing for um, MMA to be recognised as a sport. Yeah, we are not recognised as a sport just yet, but through the countless hours of the IMA committee, board members, uh, endless uh, volunteered hours, they and us, we've all put together this, hopefully, plan for recognition in the near future. Yeah, because MMA is massive in Ireland at the moment, especially like the Bellator, UFC, Cage Warriors, bringing it more and more to the TV screens for younger people. Yeah, but they're not Irish. They don't really want anything to do with the amateur scene. They only want to deal with the, pro- the professionals, you know. The big so, sellout shows, the money well, and yeah, sponsors. but they're not helping the grassroots, you know. That's where Cage Legacy comes in. And also the small clubs in Ireland to promote that. How else will they get their fighters? 
Because you had a show on Racy there, it was 27 different clubs. Uh, oh, that's a different promotion altogether. Yeah, but it was like 27 different clubs over Ireland. 27 different clubs from north, south, east and west. Which is phenomenal, like, so like, kids, kids legacy probably the same, 20 yeah. plus clubs on a show of yeah. 20 fights, say. Uh, 20, 25 fights. Which is, which is great to see for such a small country, having so many clubs, promotion, their fighters, grassroots. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, without uh, our vehicle, a promotion there wouldn't really be a platform for these guys to get the amateur experience they need to then find out if the career path they're looking to get into is the career path the correct career path if you know what I mean yeah it was for you or not exactly I had a friend once he's from Poland and he I wanted to dab in the MMA before and he said to me have you ever trained before and he says no have you ever hit in the face by an elbow before and I said no so his idea was get hit in the face first by an elbow then decide so you're pretty much saying the fight or flight mode, if it's for you or it's not for you. That's why development is so important. Yeah. You know, that's why developing kids, uh, teenagers, the grassroots, the amateurs, developing their game before they step in as a professional, that's so important. Whereas, say, back in, you know, my day, there wasn't any of that. There was just, you know, professional. Mm-hmm. You're in, you're learning in the game, you're learning on the job. On the night. Yeah. You know, now we've got an opportunity with different tournaments, different novice tournaments being held. Uh, the All Ireland Fighting Championship again. That's Paddy Houlihan, Declan Cannon, myself, trying to help there, which is doing great things and various different tournaments which are being held towards development of the youth, the novice cadets, and then the amateurs, and then hopefully in time the profession. Because back in the, your day when you were doing fighting, it was just pretty much. You're an adult, fight adult. There was no grassroots towards that, less did traditional sport. Um, well, there was, but like, it, there wasn't really pathways towards it. Do you know what I mean? And like, personally, I was, I never really had a career as a fighter until I looked back when I finished. It wasn't like a, I wasn't trying to follow a career path. It was like more of a, a challenge, a test for myself, a life challenge. You know, a, a hobby, pastime. It didn't matter if I was fighting pro rules or whatever. It was like a test for me because there wasn't a pathway to a career in it, you know, or a promise of a lot of money at the end of it. So just on a day-to-day basis, you worked, you did your normal stuff and you trained and and travelled and fought, which was always blessed to be able to do and uh, see some cool countries and have some crazy adventures meet some amazing people and be guided. You're probably known as the hardest working coach in the country, especially in my days, <laughs> because you're at every show there is in the country. If it's a show on anywhere, Wexford, Belfast, Galway, there's there's someone there belonging to your fighters or yourself, or maybe yeah, running the show. Yeah, we get around. <laughs> so what more, what more of you is to do that? Because there's a lot of work, a lot of stress. The weekends is gone. Like, what is, what is the goal for you in that? Well, the goal is endless development of my students and my fighters. I have a lot of fighters. Every Saturday night is somebody's big night. It's showtime. It's showtime. It's always somebody's night. I just keep flowing and keep going. After Saturday night is over, I'll assess the situation, wake up Sunday, recover, train. Monday morning, it's fight week again, and we go again. It's just this machine that just keeps rolling. and Constant cycle. Uh, very lucky to have kind of found a a talent pool of people who believe in the philosophies that we're trying to to give them and uh, the fight knowledge 
and the understanding of the game they're buying into what we're doing believe in them and they believe in us but you're talking about the development of the students to me that sounds like a traditional background of martial arts you must have a traditional background do you uh, my traditional background is various from kung fu i done a lot lots of different things but not to actually further my belts or anything like that but just to kind of gather knowledge like i even done taekwondo mm-hmm. as you know um just to kind of take out what i needed from it um yes traditional martial arts would be the root of where everything comes from in my philosophy originally wudang tai chi Xuan from the wudang mountains in china i was privileged to to meet the right people at the right time they guided me towards uh, tai chi Xuan wudang it's a chinese kickboxing uh, kung fu type sport that i kind of fell in love with and from that uh, i started fighting sancho which is the original amateur mma really mm. then from that sanda and i got to travel with that too so i was blessed you mentioned there about sanda what it what is sanda sanda is chinese mandarin for freestyle fighting it's an ancient fighting style and um, consisting of chinese kickboxing boxing taekwondo moves wrestling takedowns elbows knees grappling it's just the the complete mixed martial art style all in one i've been training in that kind of mixed martial arts style for a long time when it came to me starting my own team back in 2014 i couldn't think of a better name sanda mma it will it just meant everything what i was trying to do because you know our style is freestyle we didn't want to be conformed by any can't do this can't do that we were just going to take the best of everything and connect it together and try and try and create this little team and so far so good you know so uh long may it last the way mma should be like the the best punchers in the world are boxers well yeah 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 so we take the best from how they punch no, well, the thing about the, all the martial arts is, is I always taught myself to put everything together mm-hmm. and the best of everything. Yeah. Because the complete fighter, like who is the complete fighter in the UFC, say? It's well, the person who's always learning and proving well, themselves. To me, the best fighters in the UFC or the best fighters um, that have really kind of um, shown themselves over the last few years are Sanda MMA fighters. They are the complete fighter. I mean, you've got Sabit, mm-hmm. you know, everybody looks at him and goes, wow, he's like probably the most complete martial artist, mixed martial artist there is. Sanda MMA. Yes. Russian. You've got, obviously, Kung Lee, who for years was like this fantastic kicker and takedown. He, his takedowns were just on the highest level. Again, uh, Sanda MMA, and probably my favourite, a uh, Sanda fighter of all time, Mus- Muslim Salikov, just probably the best Sanda fighter in history. And he's now at their, I, th- I can't think of his exact record, I think it's 16 and 2 or something like that. It's, it's good as a pro, like he's coming strong too. So you have this contingency of Sanda MMA fighters that are already out there that, like, I can point my fighters towards and say look at these guys they they're doing it on the highest level um, and this is our style it's great to have that you know what is it that mm-hmm. you think it motivates the students too that's absolutely you know they can something. see my philosophies 
on the highest level. Yeah. So, because when you're in that world, you see everything about that world. Mm. But that world isn't publicly or isn't on YouTube or like no. students don't understand. Exactly. So when exactly. you sort of prove it and say, did you yeah. see the UFC at the weekend? Did you see Sabit winning a game by this? Normally, what happens is they'll come to me and they'll say, look at how he won it. We do this. He wins it by something that we already work with, or we are one of our one of our moves ourselves. You know, so you know, look, it's it's good to have that too. So we're talking about MMA there, and you mentioned the start there. You're on an organization called Cage Legacy yourself and Declan Kenna. Yeah, it's a uh, very proud to be part of that. Ten shows in now of the MMA only. No, we have twelve shows. Twelve shows. Twelve MMA shows complete. Um, every one of them was crazy adventure to get to get to make it happen everything every hurdle to jump over to make it happen and we did it we're very proud of it there's a lot of hard work goes on behind the scenes it's Declan and myself we lock ourselves into the war room we match make we we get it done and it's it's crazy but as I say very proud of it uh, our next show uh, Cage Legacy 13 for the MMA. Indrada? It's Indrada. Uh, it's on the 14th of uh, March. And probably our best amateur card to date. The best of the best. And the reason why I say that is because, you know, every year we try to, you know, elevate our show and elevate what we're trying to do and aesthetically as well as, well as everything. So we've developed our, our, our website now. It's to use by tickets online and everything you can access, uh, fighter info. It's just it's just looking to get uh, looking a lot tighter now, you know. That's come together. The platform is there for the fighters to bounce from. But last year we were able to negotiate the fact that we're able to from from this year on we've introduced elite MMA to the Irish uh, community now, which is. Something that was there in the past, but was taken away. And Elite MMA allows us to have uh, fights on the card with experienced MMA competitors. But now they don't have to wear their, their rash guards or their shin guards. To the eye, it looks like on the same level as all the other shows around Europe. Whereas last year and the last few years, they were wearing rash guards, shin guards. It just looked like grade B level MMA even though it wasn't so now we're offering this to the Irish public and the community and it's just going to make it all better you know so the 14th of March in Drada Kay's Legacy 13 Emil Poyatek versus Solomon uh, Simon for the lightweight title main event you got Jair Harris Mickey Piera flyweight title Carlo Reardon versus Darry Higgins, light heavyweight title. Mikey Bourne versus Young Ki Kyo for the featherweight title. Obviously, another 16 plus more fights on the card on the 14th of March in Drada. Get your tickets now. We've a lot of listeners from all over the world. What happens if someone wants to watch it? Can they watch it live or record it? We will have a streaming capability on the night. So, moving away from martial arts completely. Yeah. A few listeners that know you might know this about you, but you have a musical background, both playing, producing. How did that all start? Well, strangely enough, a lot more people would know me in that game than the martial arts game. 
because I still do that. I just don't talk about it. I work in the music industry. I do that. This is what I do. I work on a daily basis in that. Uh, you know, right now we're, you know, every second, every spare second I have, I'm in Bluehead Studios or, you know, I'm with somebody doing something revolved around music or, which is more often than not, I'm locked in my own studio until three or four in the morning, working on beats and working on editing or whatever. It's just non-stop, man. Very lucky, again, to be in the music game for a long time. I'm in it since uh, 1984, believe it or not. Kind of got into my first band then. As the years went on, I got more involved and just when you fall in love with something, it's never a job. But I ended up creating a job, which is amazing, you know. The passion of it. Ah, the passion. I mean, like, I don't work. A lot of my life is music, martial arts, working in promotion, you know, whether it's promotion of uh, music, promotion of fighters, promotion of either industry. You know, it's, it's a job, but it's not really a job because it's a passion. Well, I don't know, 20 hours a day, working seven days a week, you know what I mean? You have to be able to get paid serious dollar or be very passionate about it. So is I tell it, you the now, passionate part. it's passion. <laughs> <laughs> very good. No, you're, you're a very positive gay. I've always come across you as uh, one of them figures I know that's, that's constantly trying to be the best person around people. Like uh, you sort of drape people up the feel as if someone feels negative, you try to turn it around. Like where do you get that from? Because it's not most people in the world are positive I've been around the block, bro. I've been around the block a long time and many times. And I've only been able to get around the block many times because of that. Uh, if you go out into the big bad world with a big neggy, negative head on you, <laughs> you know, people put up barricades and just just be myself and um, try and look at the, the positives in life, you know. When you encounter death, you know how to live life. Look, I've been blessed, man. The, the people in my life that I would call coaches, they wouldn't even probably be coaches. You know, it, it, life coaches and motivators of, of myself. They've, they've made me, I suppose, the person I am. And even more so, the people that have dissed me or the people that have been bad or evil to me or friends or family. They've inspired me even better because, like, it's sometimes it's it's easier to learn from other people's mistakes, the way other people treat other people. You know, there's a right and wrong. I don't know. I just kind of stay on my own side of the, the road and I move forward, and hopefully, I'm able to help people along the way. Darren, who influences you to the man you are today in the MMA world, in the music world? Well, obviously, you know, I've had many amazing coaches and I've been blessed in, in, in that regard. You know, a few come to mind, you know, I had um, Darren Cherry who introduced me to judo at a young age and Orlan Decolan, great Thai fighter who showed me the ways of Muay Thai and, and great minds who were able to help me develop into the martial artist I am today, you know. Uh, I, I was very lucky to travel the world training. I, I trained in Jan Voss in, in Amsterdam. I trained in in Bangkok, Phuket, in Thailand, and India, in Mumbai, in Goa, in Beijing, in China, and Mishangzhou. 
America, I've trained and fought all these places, Italy, France, everywhere I went, I met people, students, masters who guided me and, you know, showed me a little bit about their own lives, which influenced me. Nowadays, my influences are my friends and my students and the people around me who influence me to keep my feet in the ground, have an open mind, open heart, be humble and work hard. Right, Darren, our show is called The One Hit Podcast. We ask all our guests was the best one hit they seen for example the best one hit strike in in golf in tennis in rugby the knockout in boxing knockout in the ufc that's the best one hit what was the best one hit you've seen in our live in person on tv you a good one do you well i think everybody's gonna think i'm gonna say connor's knockout versus aldo 12 seconds yeah 13 13 seconds i think yeah. connor would argue 12 but <laughs> He'd love it to be 12. It just fit lovely into the proper 12 game. That's it? true. But, um, like fair play to him. But no, Ronnie Whelan's scissors kick in the Euro 88 has to be the best goal, one hit strike. What happened? Ever. A throw in from 30 yards out into the middle of the park, and Ronnie Whelan just scissors kicks it into the top corner from about 20, 30 yards out, and boom. Euro 88. <laughs> Just as good as that. Yeah. A lot of people aren't even born then, but sure. There you go. Check out YouTube. <laughs> yeah, I get it up on YouTube on the Facebook, Instagram pages and everything. Yeah. Oh, very good. No, Thank that's uh, that's definitely one hit I'll have to look and check out myself. Yeah, check it out. Check it out. We mentioned before, the key is exit there hours before we finish up. So the 14th of March, uh-huh. where can people get tickets? What's the website? Uh, well, our website is cagelegacy.com. Um, and that's our first MMA show of the year. Hopefully see you there. And that's the best place for people to find you on kidslegacy.com. For tickets, yeah. For tickets. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you, Darren, for coming in. It's the most week of Christmas, so happy Christmas, Darren, and happy Christmas to stand there MMA and Dundalk and Kids Legacy, and hopefully get down to the shows in the new year and get you back on the podcast in your future. Yeah, man. Let's do it. And before we finish up, because it's an Irish fighter and all, what do you reckon, Conor McGregor and Cowboy Cerrone? How will it end? Um, it's going to end with Conor standing over a cowboy, punching him in the head, and the referee dragging him off. That's it. Round one, three minutes. Cowboy can't can't handle that angle. One and done. Yeah, one and done. Cowboy can't handle the angles, and Conor is moving. Just going to be on point. He's got back in the game. He's back in the game and hopefully he can inspire the generation that he has inspired to go again, you know, and best of luck to him. Yeah, we're going to do a wee breakdown of that fight in, in January. Thank you, Darren. Peace. I am the greatest. Be water, my friend. <laughs>